Hello, boys and girls. Phil here. And as previously mentioned, this week we're doing a little B-side extra episode. This is not our podcast. This is an episode of somebody else's podcast. That's what we do sometimes when we don't have time to do an episode. Maybe one person's out of town or on the road, whatever the case might be. But we're hoping everyone's having a good holiday season so far. This is uh, me on our friend Jordan Ferber's podcast called Where's the Grief? <laughs> which is a podcast about people dying. It's a it's a death podcast, and it's about the grieving process and dealing with a loss. And I was on there talking about a uh, friend of mine, a childhood friend of mine that I lost a couple years ago. So uh, it, this episode is not very funny. I mean, we, we do manage to get some really dark laughs in there, here and there. But yeah, this is something that's really personal to me, and I'm, I'm really happy to be able to uh, share this with everybody. Uh, but if you don't really care about that, that's fine. We'll see you in a week or two or so whenever we get back. But anyway, enjoy this special holiday B-side edition of Where's the Grief? It's not a part of me that I'm missing. It's a part of you. I'm this kissing so baby. Ready as you'll rock. ever be? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, for something like this. Yes, let's rock and roll. Oh boy, we're doing it again. It's Where's the Grief? I am your host, Jordan Ferber, and today I am joined by comedian Phil Causey. Hello. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, always exciting to to find that uh, you know you t I tell people about the show and that people are like, oh, I I I, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, you know when you told me about the show, I knew I wanted to do it, but I, I was telling you uh, that I also kind of feel like a little bit of a whore because it's like, oh, something tragic happened around me. Oh, I guess I can be on that guy's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's just because you know, I I don't you know want anybody hearing this to think that I'm like. Like exploiting the tragedy, it's definitely something that I I, I want to try to. I'm exploiting the tragedy. Yeah, you, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so you can send all your angry tweets to uh, to Jordan over here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. But yeah, it, it's it, it's funny. I was thinking about it on the way here. Like I I don't know if I've ever actually sat down and done like the long form version of of this with anybody because you know people ask you about it and you say. You're telling pieces here and passing and stuff, but I've never – I don't think I've ever actually done, like, the whole thing. Right. So this is going to be kind of an adventure for me to go on with yeah. you here. Well, that's why I think, you know, the, the the whole reason that I do this podcast in the first place is that nobody really talks about any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, certainly – and then pe even people that let you talk about it for a little bit will not listen to you talk about it for an hour. <laughs> even, <laughs> a, even a therapist cuts you off after 45, so. Yeah, they start charging <laughs> you more or something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So I think it's, you know, and as comedians, you know, it's surreal. I've always, I always talk about this. It's just, it's such a surreal thing to be able to go up on stage and present a version of yourself to an audience. But there's so many aspects of what it is to be a human that don't necessarily fit into that mold. You know, having these experiences that don't necessarily lend themselves easily to a comedy venue, it gives it. Yeah. For, I mean, for me, it was really hard to, to negotiate where I was in my life versus what I was presenting on stage. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about it too. Like the week after this, 
this whole thing went down with me comedically because our instinct is always to try to make something funny because that's how you process things be it grief or otherwise right and like if it's at an open mic and like some of your other friend comics are there you can talk about it a little bit and say what you're going through you you know you you can't go on a like a sort of a real show quote unquote and you just you know hang out your dirty laundry for audiences because they they you know they don't give a shit unless you make it funny right you know or or they don't want you to make them sad they want you to make them happy and laughing so yeah it's definitely uh you're right it doesn't fit in it's it's hard sometimes to find a place to fit these sort of things in yeah huh. I mean, it's I, almost like you've done this before well i have i mean <laughs> i have a couple of jokes that i do in my act and i you know if there was a period of time where i was closing with them when i wanted to do them because it was like well at least i can get out of there after that if it doesn't go well <laughs> You know, so you, you didn't do so you risked using it as like like just your closer just bombing, but like fucking, I'm doing it anyway. Well, I mean, it's it, <laughs> I, I also feel like it's you know it's hard to do jokes about heartfelt subjects like that and then go back to dick jokes after that. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna bear my soul and then I'll do my closer about yeah, uh, you know, dick about, pics. <laughs> isn't that awkward, guys? Yeah. Dating is hard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. First, I'm going to show you the innermost workings of my mind, and then we're going to talk about squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Now I know. Now I have to come up with a closer about squirrels. So what? So what? What? What is this incident that we are 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 here to talk about? Well, I uh, I lost a, a close friend of mine, a childhood friend of mine. It was about two years ago, give or take. I think it was about just shy of two years ago. Uh, upon recording of this, it was. Uh, yeah, one of my, my closest childhood friends decided that uh, he didn't want to play anymore, <laughs> so to speak. And, uh, you know, it, it was a strange experience going through it because it was like, it, you know, you have to... What's his name? Um, his name's Alan, but his close friends like me, we called him Aldo. Aldo. That was his nickname. Uh-huh. He's Aldo to me because I, I grew up with him. You know, he was like, yeah. you know, for, for a decade of my life, he was one of my closest friends, probably from the time I was about seven or eight to the time I was about 18. Wow. So okay. all through middle school and high school, like we were in Boy Scouts together, spent a lot of time in the woods together, you know, and you know, when, when you, um, when you spend time away from society in the woods of people during your critical developmental years, you have a bond with these people kind of forever. And, and so it really, it's one of those things where I, I, I you know, I, I still think about this dude at least twice a week, yeah. and I've t- I've texted a few friends of mine that I'm also close with who I was with during that era, and they say the same thing. They're like, "Fuck!" Like I think about this more than I feel like I should be, and then that's the thing about tragedy that I learned from this is that like, or well, if there's anything, well, there's a lot that I took away from this, but one of the things I learned was was that this shit doesn't really go away. It's mm-hmm. it's <laughs> it, it doesn't it it never actually gets better. It's just kind of it's it's something you just it's there now. <laughs> And it's, yeah. it's, it sucks. That's the thing I think that most people don't understand about grief is that it doesn't just dissipate one day, you know, or you get over a thing or you get past a milestone and then the next day, you know, quote unquote, back to normal or whatever you want to call well, the it. Way, yeah, exactly. The way we're, we're presented with tragedy, be it in media with a news story or a television show or a movie or whatever the case is. It's presented as something that you just kind of, you know, we're on to the next thing now. You know, yeah. we get over it. But no, there's still people that, you know, that deal with these things. Like, like for example, like, um, you know, what's like a big new tragic news story? Like uh, like 9-11 or like uh, TWA Flight 800 or name any plane crash or any, you know, bombing or mass shooting or tragedy. You don't even have to go back that far. There was a plane crash, I think, yesterday. Well, there, uh, and there's uh, also uh, mass uh, shooting in New Zealand. And like, in mass shootings week. in a mosque in New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, and so that's the thing is that, like, 
it's it's always if you're not part of it, it's always presented as like, oh, we're on to the next thing, and you forget about it. You forget all these things, but that's one of the things I, I I've been kind of I, I guess struggling with, and I guess my friends have too. Is it's like you're you're <laughs> you wanna. Be like, okay, we're on to the next thing because that's how we've sort of been conditioned to think that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Is, oh, okay, let's let's move on. But it doesn't really work like that in real life. So there's – and so like through this experience, I, I've realized, oh, yeah, all these news stories that nobody cares about anymore, there's still people that are definitely day-to-day directly dealing with that. And it's, it's definitely – it's given me a lot more uh, of the feels for people whenever – yeah. I see one of these things go down because it, it like, you know, with that shooting that happened the other day, there's people who are fucked up for life now for life. And, and you know, the 24 hour news cycle is going to move on tomorrow to some other bullshit to somebody tweeted something racist or something. But yeah, yeah. it's that's it now forever. And that's kind of that's yeah. been a tough thing for me. Yeah, no, I 100 I, percent. <laughs> I, I see those stories. You know, you see, I read that story about it was like 157 passengers on board that plane. Every single one of them died. That's 157 families yeah. that are. Uh, uh, th- that are missing people, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to think about the scope of it when, you know, when you're bombarded with all those kinds of news stories all the time w- without really thinking about how many lives are affected by it. Yeah. And, and the thing is too, like I'm, and especially when it's something that's, you know, senseless like that, where it's, it's, it's not even, um, really, they're still trying to figure out whose fault it is or whatever, but at the end of the day, no matter whose fault it is. There's still people missing from these families, and, well, and that's that's the thing was the the why because in in the case of my of my friend Aldo, it was a suicide, and so the thing is like the people who were close to him, and and I'll admit that I was sort of in the more the background of his life or social media only for many years because you know he had a family and he had daughters and stuff, and you know bless their hearts because they're going to end up being comics or strippers or something because <laughs> of this but yeah it, it, it's comics or strippers no in between yeah, or, or <laughs> hey, some people are both these days yeah but yeah it, it's it's one of those <laughs> yeah, things where the people, we want to get asses in seats <laughs> one way or the other one way or the other and you're you're, you're sitting there and and you know you're talking about the, all these things of the people who are close to him or the people who at one point were um and, and we always think to ourselves like well fuck isn't there something i could have done you know like and, and you always think like there's there's certainly a sense of guilt about that about like shit he could have come to me you know and, and so in the same way that in a plane you got to find the black box and figure out whose fault it is a lot of people that knew somebody who 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 did something like that we all kind of are sitting around with our dicks in our hand after like, what the fuck? Like, couldn't we have done something? And it, it's definitely, that's a big part of it Yeah, for me is the whole thing of like, fuck, you know, maybe if I texted him more than once every two years, he could have, you know, come visit me here in the city or he, you know, or we could have gone camping together or something that could have, could have led him down a literally any other path. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing is that it, it, it's. There, I don't know if guilt's the right word. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But there definitely is a sense of like, fuck. You know, I, I feel like I neglected this person, and I'm not the only one that feels that way. I know that. You know, where where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, the backwoods of Northeast Connecticut. Northeast Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. When people when people hear Connecticut too, they they always think like, oh, you know, yachts and yuppies. No, like the East End of Connecticut is like rednecky as fuck. Right. It, it's 
you know, broken down pickup trucks and, you know, heroin and rehab just like everywhere else. Well, I say about Connecticut, it's uh, third in the nation, right behind Maine and Vermont, largest producer of white people in the country. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> well, per capita, probably yeah. <laughs> number one or, or yeah. The only I mean, two, the only two, ex- there's only three major exports from uh, uh, C- Connecticut and it's, uh, it's, it's white people, uh, 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 um, ascots and uh, uh, ESPN. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. ESPN. We have, I think we have a couple, what are other major exports? I know we have a couple defense contractors and Pfizer is there too. So, oh, okay. You know, opioids, the other thing ruining the country. Yeah. We, <laughs> Pfizer is there too. So, so. Uh, uh, Aldo, he lived, where was he living? Uh, he grew, oh, at the time he was living with his uh, girlfriend. And here's the thing, and this is why, again, I, I was talking about the neglect and the, the um, sort of the being out of his life for a while. Was that he? I know he had like a daughter with somebody. I don't know if the person he's living with was the mom. I'm, I think he had two daughters. I don't even really know. Right. And that's sort of the weird thing about it uh, is I didn't know his direct situation, but I know he's living with his girlfriend, and um, and uh, you know she came home and <laughs> found him with a note, and bad times ensued for everybody. Oy. Yeah, and no one knows uh, outside of. I'm not one of the people that knows, but there's some people that know what was on the note. I don't know. The only thing that I was able to assume was uh, that you know they got in some kind of crazy blowout argument or something like that. But yeah, it was uh, there was a lot of people trying to figure out what the hell happened after it went down. We had like a massive Facebook group chat of you know thirty fucking people deep, wow, and no one knew what the hell was going on. Uh, but yeah, he was living there at the time, and uh, what did he do for a living? He was well, I don't know I, I honestly don't know what the hell he was doing. I, I really don't. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, that's how removed from the situation it was. Because that was part of the – one of the weird parts of this was that he was a you know big part of my life, one of my best friends in, like, middle school and high school. And then I went to college, did my thing, and would only see him during summers when now and then shit. And then, like, when we were getting this group chat going and organizing the, the services and all this, there, there were people who, like, didn't know who I was. We're just like, who the fuck is this asshole? Yeah. You know, this guy coming in from New York thinks he's hot shit. Who's this guy? And, and I didn't know them either. And so we had to kind of piece it together. So we, you know, we had all to piece together his life from, you know, the, the formative years to the current years. Right. Um, I don't know what he was doing for work at the time. Um, I knew he liked to ride bikes a lot still. That, that was his thing he did in high school that he still maintained as his main hobby. Um, I Like a BMX guy? Yeah, that sort of thing, and also a little bit of the the the, the you know trails stuff to uh-huh. like make making jumps and all that. Um, and it's funny, so a lot of the guys who who did it, like they never stopped. They did it through high school with him, and then they still, as adults, were still doing it. And a couple of them, after this happened, are like, "Yeah, I'm selling my bike. I don't want to fucking. I can't do that anymore. I can't handle that right now." And so that was definitely, uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, it, it's that was a definite more direct effect on the day to day, yeah, than it had on my life. And also, too, it was it was weird for the way that I kind of initially processed it because I don't know how it was with you or maybe or the other people who've done it on this show, but it didn't hit me right away. Yeah, that's pretty typical. Okay. It takes time. Like, you know, depending on, you know, how close the relationship is and whatnot, I, there, there's always a period of time where you're sort of numb to the information. Mm-hmm. It's like a walking dream or, you know, you, you – you wake up in the morning and think, oh, maybe that was just a dream, you know? Yeah. Like every day, it would, you know, <laughs> set in like that for me. And then, 
But you, it, and you lost your brother, right? So yeah. for you, it's way more direct. And for you, it was a, it was you know it's been a walking nightmare. And you probably had that vision at least a couple times. I mean, it was it was every day <laughs> for a long time. Damn. It was you know it's just one of those things like you you don't know how to deal. There's no blueprint for it. And and like I was saying before, it never goes away. Right. There's no. It's just. <laughs> it's it. It's always a problem now. And, and and you know I'm a little bit more removed from the situation than some of the people. Like obviously his, you know, parents and his daughters and all that. And it was kind of weird because I found out about it the way that I assume most people my age or younger found out about it. I was just on Facebook at work, screwing around on my phone, doing what I wasn't supposed to be doing. Yeah. And then I was a few people were posting posts about it, and they're like, you know, Aldo, Aldo, R.I.P. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, what the fuck happened? So I, you know, that's when we were trying to figure out kind of the mystery of what was going down, and then. We figured out what was when the services were going to be, but then I still had to work like two more days at my regular job. So, so it was weird because I was like, "All right, well, you're going to have to go do this this weekend." But uh, here, get back to work for a little while. Put on, put a smile back on your face. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. It was just, you know, how, how, how what, what were those two days like? Were you just kind of going through the motions? Were you present well, at all? Or I mean, because I know that it's really hard to be in the, you know. You try to be present in the moment, and, and you're totally not in the moment that anybody else is in. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, at my and well, at my job too, I deal with the public face to face every day. Um, I'm like, I'm at a hotel, and I'm like the first sort of line that people meet. Like, I'm the guy who's like, "Hey, you know, welcome. How are you today?" And uh, luckily, I'm I've been doing my job for long enough where I I just kind of could do it on autopilot, like whatever, you know, because I've done the job hungover and shit before, so it was you it was kind of like that. You it can't was... just put a do not disturb sign on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Well, the thing about the, those couple of days that was weird was that it was it was kind of a mystery that we all kind of went through together because there was one guy who knew a little bit more about the situation than the rest of us. He knew there that there was a note and it was a suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all the rest of us knew. But then the next step is figuring out what do we do next? Where, when are the services? Right. And and when you know where do we go? Who do we talk to? And so everyone was calling his dad and trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, his dad was like uh, pretty close to all of us too. That's the other thing is that a lot of us who grew up with him, we knew his family really well because his dad was like the cool dad. Okay. Whenever people wanted to do shit they weren't supposed to be doing, other parents wouldn't let him do. Cool dad would let us do it. <laughs> go to Aldo's place. Yeah. And so everyone's calling his dad, and he wasn't picking up for anybody because he's one of these dudes who uh, I don't even think he owns a cell phone. <laughs> so like he would be. Uh, and, and he went to his parents' house to just because that's you know he had to go to his place of comfort and not judging or hating or anything like yeah. that. But so there was a two three day period where just no one knew what was going to happen that weekend. Um, and then uh, he 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 I was the first person he called back from the group. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was like the responsible friend. Uh, and and so you know even though I'd been drinking by myself in in the dark for two days straight at night because you know you go to work but then you get home from something like that. And then you're when you're allowed, when you're alone in the room, you, you can start reflecting on shit like that. It's the downtimes that are the hardest to get oh. through because oh my god, yeah. It's and, and I'm glad you gave me bourbon by the way to sip <laughs> on while I do this. But yeah, I was just sitting there, just flat out, just drinking tequila in the dark and just yeah. trying to process. Because the other thing too is that when, when you when you lose someone that was a part of a previous section of your life, you reflect on here I am. How did I get here? And it was like I felt like I was a million miles away because, I, you know, I, I was at the time 30, living in New York City, 
doing comedy, working in a hotel, and and you know, young me who was friends with him going camping when we were twelve, like those things didn't equate with each other, right? And it, it just I felt so removed, and it, it was it was kind of a helpless feeling that at the time I, I was I was dealing with like, oh fuck, I gotta get home, I gotta get home. Like all I could think for the, like the two days that you're asking about was I gotta get home, I gotta get home, I gotta get home, I gotta get, fuck, I gotta fucking finally get home right now, mm. and, and that was the main thing. Um, so yeah, his dad called me first because, <laughs> you know, I, I guess he trusted me the most. I don't really know the reasoning behind it, but then, you know, I had to kind of help out with some of the stuff. Um, and yeah. that, that careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> why know, won't, why won't he call me back? Shit. Now I'm in charge of this. Yeah, well, you know what? I gotta be <laughs> honest with you. It helped me a little bit um, yeah. because it gave me a task right. and it gave me something to do rather than just sit around and feel bad. Yeah. I, I could help delegate stuff and, and help organize a little bit. And so that sure. definitely, um, you know, for, for sure, it, it, at least I had some type of, of motion to do with myself and my body yeah. while I was dealing with all this. And it, it was, uh, you know, it, it was definitely super, super fucking weird, you know? And, and, you know, we were talking about how as, as comics we process stuff. I remember the first thing I did when I found out was I texted my parents and I said, uh, hey, great news. Um, coming home to visit you guys this weekend. Bad news. We're burying Aldo. <laughs> like, like I tried to make it like a semi-joke because yeah. that's how we are. You know, uh, we, we have to make it zippy. Yeah. Because that, that's how we process. And that for me was, I don't know, it was just a fucking weird week in my life. You know? Yeah. What was the, what was the memorial like? Well, there were there were two sections. There were there was the first section where we did the they did the burial first, and then they we did we did the church thing after. Okay. Um, and, and we were there with um, a lot of the guys in the scout troop and a lot of the other guys who weren't in the troop that were friends with him. Uh, and, and it was weird because for me, it was the first time I'd seen some of these guys in like ten, twelve years. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it, it, you know, when you see somebody, all the memories start rushing back. Like, oh, hey, we played t-ball together. Oh, hey, you know, remember that time and whatever. And like, you want to laugh and have a good time with your friends. But at the same time, you're there for the actual worst possible reason. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and there were smiles. People were joking with each other a little bit because, you know, it's, it's instinct to, you know, bust your friend's balls and all that. But it was still awful that the first time you run into these guys since high school, some of them. You're all in tuxes and you're in a fucking cemetery. In tuxes? Not tuxes, but, you know, full suits, yeah, whatever suits, the fuck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've never been to a formal funeral where, where you have to wear a tuxedo. Yeah, yeah, where you have to put on a bow tie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pop the cork. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. So we did a thing and, uh, oh, yeah, another weird part of this was the, the scoutmaster decided that uh, – uh, I was going to be the one to physically put his ashes in the ground. Okay. <laughs> so that's something I have to carry with me forever. So you're is... the only one that got the cremation badge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from the scout, <laughs> from, from the boy scouts. Yeah. I, I, and that, that, that's something that's weird to me. And you know what? I understand why he chose me, but at the same time, because of that period that I talked about with like the, the part where I wasn't in his life for a while, I kind of felt like it, guilty about like maybe one of his guys who was a little bit close to a friend should have been and done it but that is something i carry with me forever now as i was the last person to physically touch his physical being before yeah. it went the ground and that yeah it's you a, put it in in like an urn or something or it was uh, you you put it how, how what was that process it, well, it was already in like a little urn and then the process was you know they did a, did a prayer and they did um one of the other people from the scouts did some kind of like 
scout trail thing. I didn't know what it was, but it was like a memorial thing they did where they sing like, oh, he found his trail home or some kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, no, they handed me the, the urn. And I just I physically put it in the ground. That's really all. Right. But you put the urn in the ground. You didn't like take handfuls of the ashes out. Uh, no, 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 no. The ashes were already in the urn. And then yeah. people were um, – we we, you know – would take like handfuls of dirt and put it in help bury and then everyone helped out with that which was yeah i mean that stuff's always tough that is yeah that that was fucked up i mean the, and, and the sound time, of the dirt hitting oh if there wasn't i mean i what i remember i've been to funerals where you know where you're where you're putting in handfuls of dirt yeah on, on top of like a casket yeah and when it hits that wood you know it's like whew. well it's not a much better sound <laughs> in case you're wondering yeah and so yeah that was um that that was kind of a, just a, it was a strange moment, but it was also comforting in a way because you have these guys that I knew when I was little, and we're all just we're we're, we're putting the, the 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 thing the the dirt on top of it, and it was strange because no one no one was prissy about it. Everyone was in their full suits, just grabbing fucking handfuls of dirt, and no one cared. And it it, it was just kind of a like you know hey we're we're doing this for our boy. Yeah, it was kind of a it was a good moment. And his dad, by the way, didn't go to the burial because I was talking to him and. Um, his dad, uh, well, we're drinking bourbon now, but his dad really liked, he liked the sauce and he, you know, obviously when he called me, he was Drunk. under the influence yep. as w- anybody would be in that situation. You can't judge for that. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to go watch my son get put in the ground. I'm like, fuck that. No way. <laughs> but, you know, it's so, you know, it's interesting to me that, that people that are not in the group will always often judge how the people do things. How could you not go to your own son's like? I think that it's so hard to deal with some of this stuff, and you really don't have any idea how to take care of yourself in a lot of ways. And sometimes you gotta, you know, if there's any little thing that you can do to try to try to give yourself uh, uh, that moment, you know, you know, he's gonna be dealing with that for his whole life now. His, his father, so I feel like yeah, and his know. sister and his daughters and all of his girlfriends and baby mamas. Yeah, yeah. everyone deals with it. And, and his mother is his mother around. Well, the mom. Here's the thing. I don't know if I even ever met his mom because he. They were always separated when we were growing up, and he was always. Hence the fun. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No. I mean, it's you know, that's how it is. You know, small town America. There's a lot of people who had mommy's boyfriends and separate parents and stuff. Um, I mean, I personally was fortunate enough to not have to deal with that. But yeah, I honestly only knew his dad the whole time. Like I said, cool dad. Yeah. That was the thing. And so we, you know, we do the uh, the burial. And uh, we go to the church and we do the ceremony. And I, I was his father at the church, or, or of course, did, yeah, okay, yeah. The the thing the church was uh, absolutely packed because whenever somebody you know who isn't old dies, his friends are all or her friends are all still alive. Yeah, and, and so a lot of people show up, and the church was absolutely packed to the gills. Um, every row, every pew was full. Um, me and a buddy of mine, we were again. I'm in charge here, kind of, sort of. <laughs> I was helping pass out the like programs. Okay. And, uh, and I, I just remember it was, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely powerful to see because his, uh, his dad worked at a, uh, oh boy, an airline manufacturing, part manufacturing place, I think, or he was an airline mechanic or something. And all the, his, um, all the guys that his dad worked with, they showed up in the work uniforms wow. and the, the people at the factory said, we're shutting the factory down for today because it was on a weekday. And he's like, we're going to shut the factory down. Anybody who wants to go to, um, out those 
um, funeral because it's this but, dude's son. But you can all go. But you have to go in uniform because you know technically <laughs> we're still paying you for today. <laughs> yeah, we still own you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that that was uh, very casual Friday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that that was definitely a. Um, Kind of a powerful moment to see a lot of the kids that I grew up with um, and, and, and a lot of people that also I didn't know. Because, again, there was a phase for almost a decade where I was really not in the dude's life that much. And right. so they're the people who I got to meet. Um, not the way you want to make new friends. <laughs> not the right setting um, for that. But for sure, uh, that was – it was, you know, it was as uplifting as it could have been yeah. for somebody dying. Did you speak? No, no, no. I was, um, I was out the like the very back of the room doing like the you know yeah the the, the programs and the directing people thing, which I was more than happy to do that. I again, I I don't think I, I would have been a good speaker for that for all the reasons we already mentioned about how a lot of people didn't know who I was. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it, there were people who were like probably a little closer to him than me because he was in my inner circle, but then you know he wasn't my best best friend. But he he was in if you're gonna like ESPN Power Rank best friends right he was probably he was in my top five for sure in whatever but you know he he there was definitely at least a few few guys I can think of who should have been the speakers so yeah I just think you know I, I, I it, 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 there's no competition you know I always feel like you know the, the people that get up and speak at things like that yeah it, it's it, it's sometimes arbitrary and sometimes it's more specific but I think you got to really give yourself permission to speak if you want to, if you don't, if you don't have a need to, you know, I, I don't, yeah. you know, I just think it's, an, it's for me, I like to ask people what that dynamic is because every kind of, every service is different and it's, there's always, you never know where, where the energy is, is sort of flowing, you know, whether or not the people like the family wants what one thing and the friends want this thing. Yeah. That sometimes it's, if it's a really religious ceremony, it doesn't matter what anybody wants because the priest is just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It was um, it, it was a little more that third one, but people, you know, anybody who could have gotten their piece got their piece. And then uh, then at night, we did a um, we did a campfire for them because you know all in Boy Scouts, and we um, that was not as well attended, but we definitely still had a, a you know decent turnout for that, and mm-hmm. that was uh, you know. Drinking around the campfire, even though we were told not to. It's like, fuck, fuck of course we're going to drink. Yeah. You know, that, that that kind of thing for sure. Have, have you stayed in touch with some of those other guys that you reconnected with? or Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Better than we were. I'm not going to say we talk all the time, but, you know, we're we're all on, on the socials together. And, you, you know, we've definitely have noticed an uptick in people liking each other's stuff. Or one, once in a while we'll group message back and forth, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because um, I find that, like... It, it, for me, I, I always look for like the little silver linings, yeah. you know, it, it, even out of the darkness, there are little things that might not have happened otherwise, Yeah, you know, people that I, whose paths I wouldn't have crossed again, or people who I wouldn't have become close again with or whatever, because, uh, you know, just, just out of born out of the fact that, uh, that, that I went through that loss, mm-hmm. all these other things came about and I went out, you know, out of my way to look for those things. And that's the thing that kind of sucks about it, though, in a way, because, you know, you think like it took something this awful to to bring people to like people to take a day off and stop and gum together. And, and especially me, because I, I was always sort of like not to make it about me, but it'll make sense in a minute. Like, <laughs> I was always like kind of the black sheep in the group of friends and that like I went to a different college than the other guys, a little slightly bit more of a loner. 
you know, I moved to away to the city. A lot of guys are kind of still around or within a few minutes drive. And, and so for me, I, I definitely feel like, oh, fuck, you know, like I should have been there more for him and for everybody. Yeah. And it, it really that that part really bothers me sometimes because I'm here, you know, chasing the dream, living the dream, whatever you want to call it in the city. But, yeah, sometimes I do feel like, oh, fuck, am I missing something important in people's lives? And, and clearly, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, again, I don't know if I could have prevented this or anybody could have prevented it, but you, you think about it a lot yeah. when these type of things arise. You always think, like, fuck, should I have been there? Like, is this partially my fault or is this my fault? Like, that I wasn't there to fucking help out and make sure. But, yeah, as far as, like, reconnecting, um, I, uh, oh, I, go, I used to go home – Often, but now I make a point to go home um, every year for my hometown fair. <laughs> I know as goofy and silly as that might sound, it, it, it's like a kind of a nice, comforting thing and shit. The hometown fair, yeah. What, what, what's this fair? Well, it's it's um, it's exactly what you think it is. You know, like you see on TV when the it's like a it's pretty goddamn redneck is what it is. It's like a you, you know you get people judging like the biggest pumpkin. Oh or, yeah, uh, absolutely. People wrestling a pig. People. I mean, not pig wrestling, but yeah, you have, uh, you know, who, you know, whose pie is the best. You have like whose tractor can pull the most weight, <laughs> like who, that kind who, of shit. Who, whose pie is the best? Yeah, that kind of thing. No, no, who? I, I want to know. Last year, who won? Oh, I have no fucking idea, dude. It's a huge fair. I didn't go to the baking portions. All of right, it. well, I've, that's all I care about is the food. <laughs> I don't care about uh, uh, whose tractor has you know horsepower, or whatever. I want to know about the pecan pie. Pecan God pie, baby. Hit me with some, you know, some apple pie and some whipped cream. There's definitely that. But yeah, it's so, yeah, I go to that every year and I, and I always try to tell everybody when I'm coming home, like, hey, I'm going home. going to be the fair. Everybody wants to hang out. Um, that sort of thing. I mean, because I'm a, you know, I'm a native New Yorker. I grew up in Manhattan. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by what happens at these fairs. Oh, dude, <laughs> you, sh- you should come out. You should come out this year. I'm telling you. Like, and I, I, it's funny. I invite. So you go behind the barns and like, you know, kiss your sis, your cousin or something. <laughs> Don't tell Ma. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it, it is a little bit of a caricature of what you think it is. Like, there are all the sort of tropes like you can go and like pet cows and shit there and you can go and uh do people pet cows you can you can uh pet sheep and i think you can pet the cows um but nobody, I, nobody pets cows i well i don't know if you can i don't know if you can get close enough for the cow but the sheep you can for sure right people i know um, pet sheep but no, yeah but traditionally you know like you just like yell at a cow <laughs> i guess and move <laughs> get out, of my, out of my way and there's also like uh like a whole barn where they have like the roosters and who's got the best looking rooster and shit. Oh, and then the yeah. rabbits and all this judge stuff. our cocks here in the, <laughs> gonna... <laughs> my cock is darker. And Listen, I don't yours. get a dick joke into every episode of the show, but, um, I think we can all agree that this was by the... golly. We got it in. This huh? was, this, huh? this okay. was, this was the brightest one, <laughs> but you know, it's funny. You're talking about how you're fascinated. I always invite anybody who wants to come. Cause like my city friends, some of them, when I tell them about what happens at these 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 events, they think I'm fucking with them a lot of the time. Like they really do. So prior to uh, Aldo dying, were you yeah. going home to the fairs with frequency as well, or that happened like um, I after think the fact? I've been like uh, in my years living in New York. Been in New York about nine years now. I think I'd been like once or twice. But I had a good time the once or twice I went, and then I realized like you know what, like that that solidified it for me. 
like that's gonna be my thing now is I'm gonna take a week off in August and go home and go to the fucking hometown fair and because it, it is kind of a little bit of a congregation too like it's an easy thing to say hey the fair is this week because yeah. in small town America like here in New York you know there's always events happening at every fucking bar and every venue there's there's entertainment. 365 days a year. Yeah. You, Whereas, can, you can judge Cox every day of the, of the year in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> in certain neighborhoods, you absolutely can. Yeah. <laughs> Unwittingly. Uh, unknowingly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes whether you want to or not. Yeah. Depending on the subway train you take. But yeah, like when you go to these uh, small towns, that's like the big fucking thing in that town for the year. Like it's the fair. You know, the fair is coming. And so it, it, it's cool to the go The rest home of the year. Really not fair to have to live there. <laughs> well, the rest of the year, it's literally just an open field, the yeah. fairgrounds. And so you're, when you go to that, um, that, that's like the big thing. Did you know? Al, would, When you went back, would Aldo meet you there? Or like, did you, you said there was like a 10-year period where you didn't really hang out much, but did you see each other well, at all? a little in, bit. In that period? Yeah. yeah, a little bit. And, and this is part of what makes me feel so awful about this. <laughs> Is um, so you know you have your friends and then you know when you're ten you're twelve you don't really know who you are or each other are but when you start to hit about twenty you do and you know Aldo's a great dude hardworking dude um, but he wasn't as book smart as me and some of the other guys in the group were and so you kind of had the the sort of like the towny guys and then you had some of the more like book smart guys who moved away and so. There was a little bit of a schism there. And and so the few times that we did see each other, like, we, we got along. We hung out. Don't get me wrong. But, like, we, I'd be having, like, a fairly intellectual conversation. And, you know, he'd try to jump in. And we'd look at him like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. And, and here's the thing. If I tried to go home and jump into a conversation about, like, the inner workings of auto mechanics or something, I'd look like a fucking idiot, too. But it's just, you know, your interests, they, 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 they become different as you get older with people. And so... The thing is, uh, I, you know, I, most of my knowledge is hypothetical. <laughs> so that's the thing is, like the few times I did see him, I'm not, I wasn't like a dick to him, but you know, we did kind of treat him like, hey, you know, fucking, you know, you're, you know, we're we're talking smart people shit, and you know, we'll, we'll hang out with you, but don't do that. Uh, and then and then one of the other guys, and I don't want to like name names or make it dramatic or anything weird because I'm sure a few people back home might, might hear this. Um, but he had like an actual falling out with him, and never saw him again. Until all this shit went down. And that was, you know, that's, that's just awful that, you know, I've, you know, the, what these people dealt with and how they, they treated him and how I treated him in the last probably three or four times I did see him. Yeah. It's like, wow, I shouldn't have been that much of a fucking asshole, you know? And I, I don't know. Again, it's part of the whole blame thing. And the, could I prevented it? Like, Hey, maybe if I was more welcoming and maybe if I tried to, you know, yeah. Welcome me a little more. I could have, you know, w one of the things know. that I talk about a lot is it, it's hard to turn your brain off. You know, these, these thoughts crop up and it, yeah. it, you, you, you feel guilty just for having these thoughts sometimes. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it, 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 it's really hard to get out from underneath the what ifs. You know, what if I had done this differently? What if I had done that differently? But ultimately, at the end of the day, for me, I, I found thinking about that stuff to be fruitless. It was never going to do anything for my state of mind to, to continue thinking about that because I'm never going to have answers to those things. What if I had done things differently? I'll never know. I'll never know what would happen had I done things differently because that's not, you know, this is how things played out. 
all I yeah, there is no what should be. There is only what is. So it's so, it, but it it, it it I was obsessed with a lot of that too. You know, I was constantly thinking about what if I had done things this way, or what if things had turned out a certain way, or what. But it's it was it, it, it for me that that none of that did anything for me. It was when I got to a place where I started thinking, okay, there's nothing I can do about what happened. Let me figure out what I'm going to do tomorrow. What what is this next hour going to bring for me? How am I going to find ways to continue to be and 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 be uh, uh, productive? You know, that's the part that's the hardest because you actually have to do it. It's not just a hypothetical. It's not just yeah. um, you know wondering. It's putting it into action, and um, it, 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 especially in the beginning, you know, when you when you're in the throes of 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 real loss. It's almost pointless. There's a pointlessness to the doing of anything. Like, why? What is the point of doing this when we're all just going to die? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the beginning too, you just reminded me of something else that I, that I was dealing with when it first happened. Was I was trying to process it, and and you know, I don't know how many people you've dealt with that were suicidal in your your life, but the thing I've noticed about people who who actually go through with it, it's never who you'd think it was going to be, ever. Because this dude, the few times I did talk to him, he was always, like, the happiest. He's like, oh, man, I fucking love living in Connecticut. I fucking love my daughter. This is, like, the greatest. Like, And, and, and so part of me re- goes over that in my head, like, oh, shit, was he just trying to put on a front and sell it as this big happy thing when he was going through something behind closed doors. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and so when it all did go down, I remember thinking to myself, like, no fucking way. Like, he was a happy dude. Maybe, like, I was trying to the way I processed it, and this is kind of a weird thing to think, and everyone that I, I mentioned this to out loud told me I was fucking crazy, and I, I, looking back on it, I definitely was, was I was like, maybe this was a murder. You know, like, there's no way he would do it. Like, maybe there was like a, you know, I don't know what he was involved in. Maybe he was involved with some bad people, and he owed somebody some money, and somebody showed up and fucking did this to him at his house and made it look like an accident, you know, yeah. or made it look like a suicide. And like, I, I, that's the, the first, like, four four days solid that was how I was telling telling myself, and you know, and again, everyone told me I was crazy, um, and I felt fucking crazy for thinking it after I kind of dealt with it for a while. But it, like, makes it, sense to me beginning. though. I mean, that makes sense to me. You, you want to believe anything besides that, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, I, like oddly enough, to think that he was murdered versus committing suicide. Do you actually have somebody that's still alive that you can blame, that you can direct your anger towards, that you can direct those, that emotion towards. Whereas, you know, they t- he took his own life. You can only put that anger as you ha- did towards yourself. How, how is this? How, wh- wh- where yeah. did I go wrong that he did this? Yeah. I know I'm not alone in that emotion. either. No, no, but the, I'm saying when you have somebody you know. outside of that, that you can actually point to and say, that's the bad guy. Yeah. It, 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 it it's, it's, um, it makes more sense. Yeah. In a way. And, and I, I just, I, I do a little bit, um, I do kind of blame myself a little bit for not being, I remember one of the, the one of the last times I saw him, he um, was there and <laughs> he said to me, he says, Hey, you know, can you, can you come hang out here a little more often? You know, he's like, I kind of, I want you to be around my daughter when she grows up. Cause he's like, look, you know, some of these other guys, like they're, they're nice guys and everything, but like, they're not like good examples. And he, he, you know, he's like, you're kind of more, you know, 
you're a better example for my kids to be around. Okay. And so, and, and you know, and, and no offense to any of the guys that might again might hear yeah, this, a bunch of degenerates. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> his dad thought of me as one of the responsible ones, and I guess he might have too. And and you know, so the fact that he legit, he he actually directly asked me to be around more, and I wasn't like that part. Like that does add to the the blame factor that I, I leave on myself because again, he and I, he he asked me that right around. I think it was one of the first times. You know, because when you move to a new place, you you do kind of go back to your old life fairly often in the beginning because you don't know anybody in the new place. And when I moved to New York, like anybody, I didn't fucking know anybody for a good four or five months here. So you go home a lot. You visit people till you figure it out. And, you know. Also, you live in New York long enough. You start to get to know people. It's like, ooh, I, uh, actually, I don't want to know that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then you start wanting to go home more often yeah. for the opposite <laughs> reason. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, and so the thing is, I was still establishing myself in the city and trying to. You know, I'm doing the whole comedy thing and, uh, you know, I just had the new job. And, you know, when you're at a new job, they own you. They own all your hours for a while until you're, you know, yeah, higher up and you can get away with shit more. Um, and so I definitely didn't do that. And that that always I always not always, but often when I think of the the situation, I always think like, shit, that dude asked me to just come hang and I couldn't even do that for him. And I feel shitty about it. Well, you know, I think all that's really natural to think about. Um, and I think it's, like I say, it's hard to get out from underneath the what ifs. You know, it's really difficult. Ultimately, yeah. it is about finding ways to, you know, to 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 honor the memory of, of, of him while you continue to, to be the best you. You know, I think yeah. it's 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 hard to find the, the, the that path for yourself to give yourself the permission to be what you were on your way to being before that you know and and so this changed course a little bit i've i've gained a new perspective i i, I whatever it is i i think it's the aftermath and how you deal in the ensuing years and how you move on from a thing like that how you how you move mm -hmm. forward despite carrying that type of emotional uh, baggage with you that you're still can find ways to be what you want to be, you know, that, 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 that you're not holding yourself back because of something that you have no way of affecting anymore because it's in the past. Yeah. I, I mean, it, there, that's like, I think, you know, I, I, my, my you know, this, I, I don't know what I could have done differently to prevent my brother's car accident, you know, I, I, but I thought for a long time about it. You know, what if I had called him ten minutes before the accident? What if I had called him an hour before? What? What? How? A million and one little things that might have changed anything. That, that, you see, know? that that's interesting to me because. But there's nothing I could have done. Yeah, and well, see, the thing with me though is that like because of the situation here it was a suicide. There, there was a, some premeditation to it, whereas your situation was a random act or a random accident. Um, and so you're, so you, you even think that too, where you're like, well, what if he took the next green light Yeah. or wow. So see, I didn't, it's part of it. I mean, wow. it's just, okay. you know, it's cause it's, cause there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, how, how could this happen? What could I have done? What, what could I have done? I should, I, yeah. I should have done something. I could have done this A B C. but f even if, even if I figure out what I could have done, let's say. I I figure it out. If I had called him at this moment and it would have prevented it, what 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 good does that do me now? 
Yeah. To know that after the fact, there's that that only makes it worse. If there was specifically anything I could have done, well, fuck me, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, it, it, and it, yeah, it, you're it, right. There is no way of ever finding. Like, it's you, a, you can't it, test the theory in a lab somewhere. It's you know? a it's a wormhole that it, that is very difficult to not go down. Yeah, but I think it is also important to understand that you can only spend so much time down there before you realize this is not going this does not serve me moving forward this does not serve what my life is going to be about after this yeah. I, I still need to worry about how uh, I, I, I'm gonna be the person like I, I think about a lot about you know I want to make sure that my brother is proud of what my life is you know that I'm that I didn't let his death totally destroy my life you yeah. know that I that I that uh, uh, that that just because this is like the worst thing doesn't need to con- consume my life. I feel like for me personally, you know, I've gone out of my way to really create a lot of relationships and, 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 and create things in my life that um, while they acknowledge that my brother's not here, they're, they're rooted in uh, looking forward to tomorrow. And I think – it took me a long time to get to a place where I really, truly started to put those things into action beyond just thinking about it. But it's, it, it's, it serves me to do that. You know, I, 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 I I'm never going to bring him back and it's always, it's never going to be okay. He's not here, but I'm not going to beat myself up anymore for what I did or didn't do to bring me to this place because now this is where I'm at. And I, I, I still, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I still have things to look forward to and uh, people that care about me and people that I care about. And it's, it's better for me. It's been more beneficial to focus on that stuff than it is to um, really obsess over things that have already happened that I can't change at all. Yeah. No. And, and yeah, I think, uh, like, that's why I, I talk. Good point. Like, that's one of the things about this podcast that I really enjoy talking about is that, you know, it's, it's, it's. How do you move forward? What are the things that that propel you forward? That that you know, I, I hate using the term "moving on" because it's not about moving on; it's about moving forward. Yeah, you don't you're, really you, get to move on. You're carrying these things with you. You're not moving on from them. You're taking them with you're you. You're going are, forward with. Are, with yeah. This is just a thing you deal with now. It's, it, <laughs> this is just how it is. Yeah, there's uh. a there's a there's a there's a quote uh, that I really love. They said I forget who said it, but they said that some things cannot be fixed; they can only be carried. And it's – listen. That's yeah, pretty accurate. Yeah. I'm not going to fix what happened, but I'm going to take this stuff forward with me, and it's going to make me a better informed human being in terms of what I want to achieve and how I'm going to get there. It, it, it just makes my experience of being on this earth that much more full as I move forward. But it took me a long time for me to start moving forward. There was definitely a period of time where I was stagnant, where I was sitting still, where I was not um, – changing what my life was. And I think that, yeah, you know, it's, um, uh, um, I, I interviewed this woman on this podcast, um, who wrote a book and she, one of the questions that she asks other people who have been through trauma is how long did you let your pity party last? And I love that question because it assumes, what book is this? It's called, uh, I have it around here somewhere. It's, um, (laughs) You have a lot of books kicking around your your apartment, by the way. I do. I'm a big reader. 
That was good. Well, what's the expression of somebody doesn't have books, don't fuck them? So you, you definitely don't have yes, that issue. Yes, it's John Waters. It's a John Waters quote. Oh, okay. That's one of my favorite John Waters quotes. If you go over to somebody's house and they don't have any books, don't fuck them. Yes. Right no, that's not it. Okay. Um, I have it here somewhere. <laughs> it's, you, can, you can add it in post or whatever. <laughs> um, but it's – yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Oh, I think that's it. I think it's the top shelf. Uh, just underneath this is past and present, and it's just underneath that. Uh, maybe we'll have you back? No, no, in oh, between like that. Living Memories? My Living Memories? The Living Memories Project. It, oh, yeah. Uh, the, my Living Memories Project Journal, that one? No, that's not it. It's here somewhere. Is it called It's Okay to Laugh? No. Nope. No? Okay. <laughs> I have, that is, these are all grief books, though, mostly. It's okay to or live. comedy books, which weirdly enough, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have I have equal related. parts. I have equal parts comedy books and grief books in here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I have Stanley's uh, illustrated autobiography. Oh, cool! Oh, speaking of Stan Lee, actually, it's funny you mention that because one of the things we did because um, I was home for the week for that is that we, a bunch of us, went to go see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That was the Marvel movie that was out at the time. So we all went to see that together. I enjoyed that movie very much. I enjoy all those movies very much. My favorite line in Guardians 2 is, he might have been your father, but he ain't your daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I cried. I cried at that at that line a little bit. Well, I, I mean, I teared up. I that, choked that up That movie that. will always have a special place in my heart because of the context that I saw it in. I saw it in a period of like extreme grief and mm. sort of healing and and it was it was cool to go with a, a few of the guys to see the movie because that movie for those of you who aren't like marvel people um it's uh it, it's family is the theme it's family and loss and recovery and all that crap that is the uh the theme of that movie so that, that it was it was fitting that i saw it in the context of that yeah you know really good really good movie huh that was <sighs> Yeah, you know, like you were saying earlier, the uh, they're reconnecting that happens. I do talk to some of those guys a little more. Actually, one of them is a cop now. Okay, and I went I went on a ride along. Oh wow! Last fall, that is something I recommend to everybody. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's eye opening. Just seeing the day to day shit that cops deal with is crazy. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh. Because we, we we live in this world now where the sentiments like you know f the police f you f everybody, but like dude, it's like spend like a night or two with them and see the crap they have to go through, and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not justifying some of the more horrible actions they've taken. I'm just saying like, oh man, you know, I I, I get the stress. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, what would you what would you say are the, the the things that you fall back on to cope in your day to day now? You know, two years down the down the line from that. You know, that's a good question because I don't really have because I, I guess thinking about it slightly less because when it happened, it was like every goddamn day for like months, and then now it's probably down to three to two three days a week. Um, I don't know. I mean, just reflecting on I guess how far we've all come as individuals and how those of us who are still here are actively working to accomplish things and and taking care of our our uh, business be it what that may be you know the folks back home who are raising their kids in what case or in my case here in the city doing whatever the hell i do after dark here in the city right <laughs> um it's just 
I, I would definitely say uh, it's easier to talk about now. And so, you know, trying to, I, I don't want to say trying to interject it in every conversation because that wouldn't be accurate, but definitely trying to, um, I, I want to eventually do some kind of creative project based on this. I don't know what it's going to be yet. Cause I don't know how to write a screenplay right? <laughs> and I don't know if it'll even be that, but yeah, some kind of, you know, I mean, everyone always does their fluff nostalgia pieces, but I, I really, uh, I don't know. I, I like, um, I like the idea of, of, of making some sort of thing, um, that has to do with, with honoring the sort of the life that we had together when we were kids and the, sort of that that time period that snapshot like i i want to find a way creatively to capture that and and so that that helps a little bit because sometimes i'll start getting sad but then i'll then then my brain you know the comedy brain takes over not that this is funny but you know the um (laughs) when the comedy brain takes over it's usually not funny it's really (laughs) yeah yeah those would be exactly um some sort of thing where where i start thinking in in my head of all these ideas like all right what if you know, what if I did it that way? What if I tried to write a show or a movie or I tried to, you know, some kind of, you know, a book, some kind of thing to kind of reflect on that. And, and, and so that helps a lot is trying to, to, to imagine myself taking the negative energy and, and channeling it into something that could potentially be good. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and something that could help me um, get all the way through it, even though we've already established and we're never, you know, these things don't go away. So that, yeah, I would say that that's probably the best thing is trying to figure out a thing to do with, with this negative energy. Because I, mean, I don't know about you, but like one, as far as comedy goes, whenever I, whenever I, I've just gotten my heart ripped out by like a woman or something, usually that my best writing happens immediately after that, yeah. like the next three months after that, you know? So yeah, I, I'll I'm, show her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Bucky, exactly. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say that the, the, this even, even though I haven't actually started any of this yet, just the imagining of being able to tell this story and share with others and, and Hey, maybe somebody else sees it and relates to it. And maybe somebody else sees it and it prevents it from happening to somebody else. Cause that's one thing that I I wish you could tell people who do this (laughs) is like, dude, look at all the people around you who are affected by this now. You know, and, and it's like, it's, you know, cause suicide is, is in some ways a, a selfish thing. And like, I don't, I don't want to attack this person cause it's somebody who is a big part of my life and all, but it definitely, you know, it, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like people, I feel like the vast majority of people who do this sort of thing, if they could know beforehand how badly it was going to affect people, I, I don't think they would do it. You know, it's hard to. I, I you know. I, I think it's so hard to uh, to say that necessarily. I think it's really a difficult because I, I feel like sometimes people don't think that it's going to be um, part of the reason that they do it is that you know they're they're, they're entering the pain that they're in and um, and they truly believe that uh, that that even though it might hurt other people that that their pain is too much to bear. I don't know. I or in some cases maybe somebody it, would do it to hurt somebody else. Right. Maybe. I mean, they're they're uh, yes. You may be right about that. It's maybe such suburban a, it, talking. It's such a complicated thing, and I know people who have lost people to suicide for in, in so many various different ways that there's no. Um, 
I, I haven't seen any correlation to, to those notions. I think that, you know, people are in that headspace and they just can't get out of it. And I don't, I, I don't think that it enters their mind that how much it might affect other people. But I, yeah. I, I, I honestly, um, when people get to that state of mind, it, it's, it's, they've, 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 they've accepted that they're going to do something like that. And I don't yeah. know to what degree they actually reach out to people. I feel like, you know, when you have people that are suicidal or that are, you know, d- dealing with depression to a, to a degree where you actually worry about them, yeah. um, the, the, the cries for help that you hear about, you know, there are people that are reaching out for help. I've talked to a lot of people on here who have uh, lost people to suicide where there were no calls for help, where people actively pushed people away so that they wouldn't have anybody close to them try to stop them. Things like that. I don't know. That, um, yeah, that was definitely one one thing. Well, I remember that night when I was talking to his dad at the campfire, and he, we were all just sitting there saying the same thing, like, "What the fuck? Like, what could we have done to help?" And 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 the thing his dad said, he was like, he thought he had no more avenues. He didn't think he'd come to me. He didn't think he'd go to you. He didn't think he'd go to anybody. And that and that really like. That's a, when I think about that that thing he said that 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 is probably the most depressing part of all of it is that his own dad is sitting there going like yeah he didn't think he could come home he didn't think he could come to me you know and yeah that, that's super fucked up just to but that's you know? that's why it's like so crazy because you, you 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 there's no rational answer to to any of the questions that come up from that yeah because you and I can sit here and intellectually understand that you know. If you actually reached out to any of those people, they would tell you, no, please don't, whatever. But, you know, it's so hard to put yourself into those shoes uh, uh, of that person. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, it doesn't serve – it certainly doesn't serve me to think any less of that person for having done it, you know, to be – No. I can be angry. I agree with you there, yeah. I can be angry at them for a period of time and I can deal with some of that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, as as I go through it, I – the – the yearning for the relationship back, the, the the missing of that person almost doesn't include any judgment or shame on how things played out because – Oh, 100%. That, how, do you, how do you get mad at a dead person? No, but – You know what I mean? Like, no, but people do. I'm just saying. I just think it's it, – Yeah. It, that's, it, that's why it's such a complicated thing because like I say, you know, you, you, you wanted it to be a murder so that you could find somebody to blame. Yeah. When you can only blame the person – for having done it to themselves, where do you put that energy? Where does that that emotion go? Yeah, because even if you do get mad at that person for going through with it, how how are you going to punish them? <laughs> right. Like like what are you going to? I'm, I'm going <laughs> to kill you. Like there's no there's no recourse. Like yeah. the actual worst thing happened and already. You, <laughs> you did this, and you think I'm going to be the one helping to set up your funeral now? <laughs> no, I never really had that much anger because for me it was more the mystery thing. For me it was more the thing of just like. Well, holy fucking shit, this is happening now. And I had to just go and revisit my hometown and revisit this, you know. I, I didn't have to revisit the era of my life that much, but that that was one of the sad fucking parts of it is, like, all the people that I saw that I hadn't seen in a while, all of them were, like, older now and, you know, or fatter or had kids or whatever. Even when we went to have the campfire, the place we used to do it at was, like, it was just like overgrown and gross, and the old pond we used to go swimming in that was like full of moss, and it was just like it, it was so it was it wasn't just the death; it was everything around it that was also fucking sad as hell. You know? Yeah. 
But it was just like this the passing of time and the you know all that shit. <laughs> it's just because there's always that in small town America, but with this on top of it, it was just you know not a good time. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I'm 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 uh, I'm always grateful that people come out to uh, the ass end of Brooklyn <laughs> to talk yeah. to me about the darkest moments uh, of 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 their lives, and I thank you for coming out. What Thanks is it for having me, man? Well, what, what is it that you want to plug? How do you want to? How can people find out more about what you're doing? Oh Jesus! It, it just doesn't seem like a good time to plug. But yeah, it's, uh, always, it's a very it's a it's not always an easy transition from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if we made you laugh with this, you're gonna love my no. Uh, I mean, I do a podcast uh, that you were on recently called the Fake Outrage Report. Yes, the um, Fake Outrage Report. Which, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned it on that show, but as yeah. a New Yorker, there's almost never fake outrage. We 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 <laughs> we have the best legitimate outrage <laughs> of any city day-to-day life here in new york does yeah, and if is... you and if you think differently well you can go fuck yourself how about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man th- thanks for having me and, and again like I, i've never this is the first time i ever sat down and i don't know how long we just did but uh sat down and, and went through the whole thing with somebody so this was you know this was good for me and hopefully it'll be good for yeah you know anybody who I think yeah. it's important to have these these conversations, and quite honestly, anybody that's listening, if you are um, feeling like you need to talk to somebody, there are always people out there uh, in your life and and uh, um, and people that you might not have even encountered yet that will be there for you. All you need to do is reach out to people, uh, and you'd be surprised um, how much support is really available out there. If you're suicidal, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention does great things. AFSP.org can check them out. Um, feel f- <laughs> you knew that offhand. I have. I do know it offhand. Uh, <laughs> How I, many people on this show have you had that have lost people to that? Uh, a, a good amount. A good amount. Like, I don't know. Like uh, half, a third. I, 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 I don't know what the statistics are. <laughs> okay, but enough to where you knew it off the top of your head, which was both impressive and very sad for. I know a number of people somebody. who have also uh, done fundraisers and whatnot oh, okay. uh, to raise money for the AFSP as well. So it flo- flows off the tongue, I guess. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Please do that because it's it, bad. Don't do it. It'll it, affect people. If you're not comfortable reaching out to, to, to those folks, you can always shoot me an email at where's the grief at gmail.com. And if you can go on the iTunes and rate and review the show, that would make a huge difference to me to let other people know that this is going on. And, uh, yeah, there there there's there's always uh, help and support out there if you look close enough and uh, I'm I'm happy and grateful that I uh, get to be part of that conversation um <laughs> yeah thanks again man this is this is uh, pretty pretty good yeah thank you guys for listening sadly there will be more grief <laughs> yes it never ends it's not uh, yeah <laughs> all right see you Okay, could smokers please come to the first row? (coughs) Who would have thought that it could end this way? Smoke in public is not like to see today And in the restaurants and even my cafe I'm served with ignorance when older in a tray I feel so burned out The world's on fire but 
to smoke is not allowed. I got no doubt. The world is burning, but to smoke is not allowed. See my favorite rock and roll band. Me in the first row with the fag in my hand. They stopped their playing and told me to get out. 'Cause at their concert, to smoke is not allowed. I feel burned out. I thought in rock and roll that's all it's about. I got no doubt. Rock and roll's dying 'cause the music's too loud. Smoke is not allowed. 